0: The main idea is find a therapist that you can work with. You may not believe that solving the problem is even possible at this point. Generally, this is the case of most people that come into therapy. They feel like this thing has gotten too big, too large. It's never going to change. But I heard that this therapy thing is supposed to help, and I'm going to give it a shot. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, today we're talking about depression. I want to give you some basic information on just what it is, and hopefully the show will provide you with a bit of hope and a greater understanding exactly how we would go about helping you with this in session and give you a better feel for just how we could help you. So let's get started. Folks, welcome back to Counselors Can Help. Things you're trying to capture today are just what is depression that ultimately scares a lot of people, just the, the name. So one objective of today's show is likely to have you worry just a little bit less about that and learn a little bit more about it such that you can at least figure out to some degree whether you're exhibiting those symptoms or not, talk about some theories, and then some simple ways to do something about it. Uh, we're going to do that much like the anxiety series that i did a few shows ago this is show 14 so the anxiety series 10 11 and 12 same kind of idea we'll cover maybe some similar ground than what we did with anxiety and we'll move on into where exactly counselors can help and ultimately for you to get help to do that so that's the goal of the show before we get into that i'd like to remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com learn and see the resources that we talk about today on the show and find a counselor for yourself. It's a great resource to do that. I spend a lot of time on that website, so we're very proud of it. Feel free to join in on the uh, discussion that is on the website. Also, please send me an email, Merrill at counselorscanhelp.com. Inputs, encouragement, questions you name it. Love to hear from you, so invite you to do that. Okay, many people I think are even kind of confused on what depression even is. so. What I want to do is just start a baseline. I'm going to talk about major depressive disorder, which is I'm reading from a book of the, uh, the manual that we use to diagnose people. And I'm really not, not so concerned with you diagnosing yourself as it is. I'm just going to read some of the characteristics in depression. So you can just get a sense of, does this sound like you? Does it sound like someone you know? And you don't have to have all of these. A good chunk of them is a generally a good sign that um, you should probably talk to somebody about this. So the first obvious thing is depressed mood most of the day. So just sort of a, you know, how would you describe that? Well, I think that's up to everyone's interpretation, but an idea of you describing it or others observing it that um, you don't seem to be yourself. In children and adolescents, this can be irritable mood. So um, they're grouchy, maybe more grouchy than normal or more grouchy than what they used to be. So irritable mood. Diminished interest or lack of pleasure in most things, and especially even things you used to be interested in. Significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain when not intending to gain weight, and we're talking 5% of body weight in a month. So this is just explaining that when you're significantly eating more or less, there's probably something going on. Insomnia or hypersomnia nearly every day, so basically sleeping not enough or sleeping too much and staying in bed all day long. Um, agitation, feelings of restlessness, fatigue, or loss of energy nearly every day. Here's, these are big ones. Feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt, diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisive nearly every day, recurrent thoughts of death, not just fear of dying, but this is when we're talking suicide ideation. So again, the point of that is not for you to self-diagnose or diagnose a neighbor, But it is to say, wow, I I see or hear what you're talking about there, and there's a pattern of a person that I know, or maybe it's myself, maybe I am depressed, don't know. Um, Again, if if you hear a lot of those criteria, then that would certainly be a reason to see a a therapist to talk it over, and especially if there's been a change. I mean, a lot of these, there are time criteria when it comes to diagnosis, just how long this has been going on. Let the therapist worry about that. For you, it's fair to just come in and say, you know what, I've heard about all these symptoms. I feel like I got a lot of them and I didn't used to be that way. I'd like to get back to my old self. And so that's a great understanding or a great way to use these criteria to get help for yourself or or someone you know. Why does it scare people? Depression scares people, I think, in some ways, almost as much as any diagnosis. And it seems like, it has a heavy burden to it. It has a heavy sound. It sounds kind of unsolvable. It sounds just awful. And I think because in for many ways, people thought and and still do that it's it is unsolvable that it's something you have. It's like you caught a disease. It is nothing we can do about it. You're stuck with it. You are mentally ill. Your brain is somehow defective or your body, or whatever. We're just not sure. And you've got something that we just can't solve. So we don't know what to do. Many people are afraid to admit they have it. Um, many people struggle for years with it, not knowing that they have it. And this can go on and on. I think it's scary to people because they really don't understand it. Some people are really afraid to be diagnosed with it. They're afraid a stigma is going to be placed with it. And this has happened in the past. Politicians, etc. people have essentially lost elections or lost probably prestige in their job or workplace because many, many years ago the boss heard they had depression and that was it. They were deemed defective. And I'm not going to argue and say that those stories didn't happen. I believe they in fact did. And that's really a shame. We're better at this stuff now. We know more about it now. I think we're better at handling it now. And we also know that it's not something you are stuck with. Where did this come from? Where do people think it comes from? We start off with sort of the medical theory. And this is, I think, where people, when they hear the term mental illness, and especially when they hear depression, they feel like you have some sort of defective genetic or chemical thing going wrong in you. Here is where we have uh, medication to put that right. And I'm not going to say that theory is wrong. Medication can be very helpful. It can very be helpful to get the person's mood at least back in a place where you can start doing the the hard work that I think needs to be done. If you're really in a hole and really just are suicidal and are ready to take your own life, you're really not in a good place to make changes. You're not in. A, I mean, you're, obviously, you think things have gotten as bad as they can possibly get. That can be quite lonely, etc. cetera. So medication can certainly be used uh, for these folks to lift them up a bit, get them back to some sort of workable frame of mind. And then the idea is ultimately get at what exactly is causing this and get to the bottom of it. That may take months. It could take years, but many do feel it's possible. Now, is this a medical thing? This has always been a debate whether depression is some sort of medical uh, malfunction. And the, the detractors of that theory would say, well, there is no medical test for it. Therefore, it's not a medical thing. Here's the part of the debate where I step aside. There are a lot of folks with PhDs, etc., who want to have a debate on where depression comes from. And it's a legitimate argument because they want to figure out, well, if we can nail down where this came from, if it's some sort of medical cause, then we can bring pharmaceuticals to bear. We can bring uh, interventions to bear that address the start of this problem. I think those folks are all well-meaning and may, we may someday find the great answer as to where this comes from and be able to fix it in a simple way, like we would fix a broken arm, let's say. Right now, I personally don't feel like we have the, I don't know, set answer to that question. And so it can be very confusing for people and I think just get us lost in the weeds and kind of misses the point. I feel this debate should be centered on the fact that we can do something about it. Depression is not something you're stuck with. There are a lot of reasons people believe differently, but I think this is something we can help you with, that counselors can help you with this problem for sure. Where I come down here is I feel I would rather treat it as you have depression symptoms. And I don't go after trying to lower those symptoms. I try to go after the greater cause and what's causing this overall way of being and trying to change your life in a better way so you can live the life you want to and not concentrate on this word depression as if you have a disease. I don't feel that's productive and I don't think that's helpful. So I want to add a little information or explanation as to why I call it depressive symptoms. Many people come to therapy and they will say, I'm depressed or uh, something along those lines. And when we dig into it, we realize that there are many parts of their life that are off track. It could be relationships, it could be things inside the house with their kids, numerous things in life that could be going wrong, maybe a loved one passed away many years ago, could also be trauma um, and something that is sort of obvious and has been known for a while. Well, it seems reasonable that you would be in a depressed state going through a hard time or a heavy time, and you may think, Or someone may have told you, hey, you seem depressed. Um, You should see somebody about that. Well, what you're going through is difficult, and it makes sense that you're feeling that way, and so we will not necessarily focus on you as having depression. What we do focus on is the fact that you have depression-like symptoms, and we need to address the thing that is making this happen. It may be that the work we need to do is addressing relationships or the work we need to do is addressing grief or something along those lines that are all perfectly normal and perfectly reasonable ways that put people into that depressive symptom state. And it's not that you have a disease depression, it's just you have a set of symptoms that is wrapped around the situation that is causing this. And we would certainly spend time in in our therapy sessions, getting to the bottom of these issues and helping you with them. The logic versus feelings idea of this says, another part of why people are afraid of depression or fear it is you have an example of someone will say, well, this star or that person or uh, prominent figure committed suicide. And folks will say, gosh, they had it so good. Look, what a beautiful family they had. He's This person's got money. They had fame, fortune, you know, you name it. Why did they do this? The, the logic part says, well, if their life is going wonderfully, they can't possibly be depressed because everything's going good. And I have had clients come in my office uh, showing symptoms of depression, and they do sort of fall into this storyline. They will say, I don't know why I'm depressed. My life seems to be, by all accounts, going quite well. So this doesn't make any sense to me. There must be something wrong with me. There must be some, again, this this idea of I am, I'm defective somehow. I shouldn't have this. So what I'm here to, I guess, say to that argument is it isn't necessarily a thing about how your life is going necessarily, although it can be and certainly many times is, um, or it can be something that is sort of hidden from view. It's not something that a person can walk up to you, take a general picture of your life and say, oh, you must be depressed or not depressed because I see all these things or I don't see these other things. Well, we're talking about something that can come from many directions. It can come from, started out with anxiety, you're fighting anxiety and you get tired of it and just sort of sick of the battle, feeling like that problem is not going to get solved. That can lead to, in my opinion, a somewhat of depressive state. Yes, I do believe that most people that wind up in serious depression have some sort of problem or thing that happened to them that has just never been resolved. And that has just left a mark on them, and they were never taught how to get through that thing. I think generally that's most folks, but not all. There are certainly lots of scenarios of how this can develop. So, uh, And like I said, once you start believing more and more negative things, things just have a lot less positive outlook. I certainly believe that at that point, parts of your brain do in fact become less or more strong and over time this can this can take hold and you wind up with something that people would look on the outside and call depression Um, I'm trying to simplify this discussion there's obviously way more to it than that but I really just want to give you a sense of there's many ways to arrive at this point it's not necessarily my life has gone horribly Um, There may not necessarily be a thing you can point to straight away that says, this is why I have this. Like I said, it scares people. Some people are are afraid to be diagnosed with it for fear that they're going to be thought less of. There's just a lot of smoke around depression, and it is certainly a complex subject. I don't mean to dismiss this as a very simple idea that I certainly just have the the answer for. Uh, But I just want to let you know there's a lot of ways to get there. okay, I've talked about a person that is involved in a situation that is kind of common sense that they would have depression and you can link the two pretty quickly. Um, Now I've described or talked about a person where maybe that's not quite so obvious. So this is where we would get into the things of first focusing on behavioral things that can get your life back moving again. And then while we're doing that, a simultaneous approach of doing some form of trying to see where this all started, and trying to pin down um, just what exactly we're dealing with these these things tend to be somewhat trauma related or something that has gone on perhaps long ago that isn't so obvious in the current moment now i'm going to go over some just basic things basic ideas that you can get started with and then once you understand these ideas um, you can proceed further into therapy once again i just want to underscore this is my belief that depression is not such a a disease as it is a set of circumstances that has somehow led you to this way of thinking. And we want to figure out what got that started, put your life back in a position that we want it to be, so that ultimately you will think and feel how you used to be or at least make a brand new version of you that you would rather have. A book, if you are a self-helper, is a great resource that I have. The book is called Mindfulness and Acceptance Workbook for Depression. This is written by Strozal and Robinson, and I have a link to it on my website. What's great about the workbook, just like in the anxiety discussion, is this workbook is made for the general public to go through start to finish, and it does show clinically significant change as people do that. So, uh, That being said, if you did nothing but do the workbook, there's a high probability you would see a change. Now. Is that enough change? You know, how much change do you need? I mean, there's certainly a lot of variables, and this isn't saying that this workbook will cure everyone. There's a lot of concepts involved with changing how you see depression in order so that you can make changes, and this workbook will take you through that. Absolutely. It's a great product. I certainly recommend it. As in the anxiety discussion, there are times for medication, but when you're talking about light medication, generally, again, this has been studied, that exercise is one of those things that can do almost as good as as light medication for this kind of stuff. So again, not a cure-all, not saying it's equal to, but many times the benefits of exercise can be almost as good or seemingly as good as medication. So if you believe, and I do, the theory that the more you do, the more positive actions you can take, Your mood will be changed by your actions and activities around you. So that's all sort of a part of where you live. And if you can change your environment a bit, and exercise is one of those things where you are changing your physiology and your body, you're just getting out, getting in the sunshine, perhaps, ideally sleeping better because of getting out, getting in the sun, getting some exercise. You can see how there can be a lot of ways for that to change your mood and change it in a good way. So it's commonly thought that exercise is a great way to help yourself. Here's the problem. People with depression don't want to exercise. I mean, I'm I'm half kidding, but I'm half not. The the lower your mood, the more you follow your mood, the more you feel like your mood drives you the less inclined you are to grab the bag and go to the gym or run around the block or do whatever it is you do or want to do for exercise. So This is a huge part of therapy, obviously, is to change habits, change thought patterns and change how you go through your daily life so that the mood having less control of you. I mean, ultimately, where we're going here is such that you can feel down on a day, but you still are living your life. You're still doing the things you think are important to you. But you want to be able to live your life in a way that you're doing the things that matter to you. And if you go, well, okay, some days are better than others, and I feel down occasionally, well, then you, have, then you generally have a pretty good handle on it. However, if my plan today was to go to the gym, I couldn't do it because I just couldn't get out of bed. My plan was to go to work today. After that, of course, that didn't happen. I called in sick. Um, you can now see how you're in a state where your mood is driving your life, and it's not going well. And so we want to figure out a way to work through that. And again, a therapist can help with things like exercise and certainly other things that are meant to get your life back on track. And over time, your mood will follow. And I believe that that's, again, a somewhat of an oversimplification of how I come at this. But um, that's generally a statement of how I feel about it. Other things that you can do in the short term. Are back to the Eckhart Tolle video, I've talked to him before. He's got a video on my uh, website, counselorscanhelp.com. Go to the resources page. The first video on there is about Eckhart Tolle talking about the present moment. It's about a 35-minute video. He comes at it, I guess you could call it an Eastern philosophy, Buddhism. They believe, and I think it is a very sound idea, that the more you can stay present, the more you can stay in the moment, the less horrible, hard human suffering happens internally. So what I mean by that is someone who is depressed, a scenario could be something like, well, this person thinks about decisions they made 20 years ago, what they should have done, how that impacted their life, and they made this or that mistake, and they feel that can never be corrected, and so they constantly go back and relive those moments. They constantly... Are reminding themselves about what they should have done, how they're never going to be the person they were supposed to be, on and on and on. And this dominates their thought process, even though they're at a restaurant having lunch with a friend, even though it's Christmas morning, they're at their daughter's wedding. I mean, you can name it, they're not there. They're just constantly in their head thinking about, what they should have done or could have done or what should have happened or what that other person should have done or, you know, on and on. They're not enjoying their lives. And this is part of depression. The part of the mindset is to constantly go back and think about stuff or just the unfairness of it all and future planning about how my life isn't going to go anywhere. It's all going to be a pile of crap. What's the point of living? So you can see how an event like going to your daughter's wedding, or going to some sporting event of a team you've been following, you can see how these things that typically you would think, wow, that would be a really exciting thing. I'd really be into it. At the wedding, I'm going to see lots and lots of family, which I'm really want to see the sporting event. I'm looking forward to this, the excitement of it. Um, That's all ruined, uh, because you're not there. You're, You're mentally somewhere else. And so part of the skill Of helping with this is to learn how to be present and uh, Eckhart Tolle walks you through that video you can watch the video on my website and he does a pretty good job of explaining it I think the video is, is entertaining and it's very informative I've seen it a bunch of times I really believe in it so definitely watch the video to get a sense of where he comes from on that meditation same kind of idea I mean everything I've just mentioned really is What meditation is trying to teach you is how to be present. So there are lots of ways to learn meditation. Many people do it in very simple ways. There are apps and websites that are devoted to teaching you meditation. Most of these are very good. The goal of meditation, generally, especially when you start out, is to find a way to calm your brain down, to slow the brain, racing brain as it goes through this and that thought and teach yourself to get back to the present moment there are many forms of meditation but this is the general idea of why you would start meditation and what exactly you're doing initially as you start meditation numerous thoughts can race through your mind you will start to daydream you will start to drift Um, that is certainly okay and you will start to think thoughts about who knows what to include this is a waste of time why am I doing this this is five minutes I could have spent somewhere else. So what I always recommend, and generally I do at least most of the time with my new clients, is to do a little bit of meditation in session and just show them what meditation is and get them to practice it at least for a little bit at home so that they can see how often they leave the present. So what happens is when you meditate, it'll be someone simple, simply guiding you through some breathing uh, some simple body movements, etc. Your brain will wander. You will daydream. Half of the game here is to catch yourself daydreaming and come back. The more you learn to do that from simple meditation, the more you'll do it in real life. That's the theory, and I, and I believe that's true. And so, when you ask someone to meditate. It's really just, you know, once a day, maybe a couple times a day for five minutes, something like that, a small amount of time. You can certainly spend more time if you have have it available. But the idea is just to teach the person, hey, when I'm getting really that racing mind, when I'm getting feeling like kind of out of control, feel like I'm really left the present, meditation is a way to help bring you back. And that's something you can only experience. I could talk for hours on this subject, but really, unless you've experienced it or have a therapist walk you through it, only then can you really see how this benefits you and, and how exactly that worked for you. So I really encourage you to do that. There is another resource, a video right next to the Eckhart Tolle video on my resources page. Dan Harris of ABC News talks about how he got into meditation and he wrote a book a number of years ago called 10% Happier. So he spends about an hour walking through the benefits of meditation and how he basically came into it a very much a non-believer and very much convinced that it was a very good thing. So I want to finish up today's discussion with how I see depression and generally what I do in session with folks, just to give you a sense of of where we're going here. I generally don't start out diagnosing someone and then taking it from there. I personally work in a little bit of a different direction, but we have to generally diagnose folks because insurance requires it because they got to know why you're there. And usually things line up pretty well. We're not making stuff up. We're not just writing stuff down. We're not putting fiction on paper. There are plenty of diagnoses, and certainly when depression is prevalent, it's pretty easy to spot. It's pretty easy to see, and that's part of the diagnosis that, that goes along with that. But for me, the diagnosis doesn't explain what I do. It doesn't inform what I do. What I generally want or ask the person is what kind of life you would want to be living and let's think about that for a second. What are you not doing as we daydream about how you imagine your life would be or supposed to be or what you used to do and you don't do anymore? What's missing here? What's what's happened? Well, you would say, well, I got depression and then I stopped doing all those things. And my answer generally to that is, well, let's get back to doing those things and I'm going to help you do that. And on on the road to doing that, you will probably start to feel better, or at least stop thinking about how you're feeling all the time and get back to doing the things that are important to you. So again, we're trying to get you back on track to a life that you want to live. Generally, when someone is depressed, I feel there's some problem to to be solved. There's some problem that's lingering. We've never found an answer for it. It may not even be on the surface or obvious, uh, but there is a problem that just has never gotten due attention and so we will definitely in in sessions spend some time on that to see what we can see about where the problem is. but if that's not immediately obvious, what will typically be done is again, like I've just mentioned, how do we get your life back to doing things that you think are important again, there are lots of ways to do that this is where this is where counselors earn their money. This is why you hired the person. You're trying to get a new perspective on how to get your life back. The old perspective was you trying to think your way out of it. The old perspective was you thinking about, oh, if I can just solve my problem, if I can just figure out why I did this thing back in 1994, then my life would be better. If I could just figure out how come people treat me this way or, you know, whatever it is, I can make it all better. This is a, it's just turning that on its head just a bit, and it's trying to get you in the short term. If we can't find something super obvious to go towards, we're going to try to get you back to doing things that are important and meaningful to you. How a therapist does that is certainly up to them. There are numerous ways to go about that, but that's generally um, how it's done. And again, we're going to also look back into perhaps when this all started and what was going on. And there's lots of ways to figure out how this started. But so there's, there's numerous tools at disposal here is what it comes down to. And it's not as simple as, well, you just need to feel better. There's a lot of ways to go about this. And most people who have depression are in that spot where they're probably never going to think their way out of it because they just can't. They've gotten to a state now where everything is seen in a negative light. Everything is seen as hard to do, impossible, it won't happen. And trying to think your way out of it generally hasn't worked and probably won't work in the future. It's going to require something different. It's going to require something new. Um, It may require some help. It may require some medication for a short term. The bottom line is there are plenty of ways to attack depression That are completely solvable and doable and don't require some sort of miracle cure to happen. So what I would want to leave you with here with this discussion is there's hope. There's plenty of help. The main idea is find a therapist that you can work with. This may take some time. You may have to dig up some hard stuff. You need to find someone who you can be in that room with and you believe you're going to go in a good direction and you just feel good about it. You may not believe that solving the problem is even possible at this point. You may believe this is an impossible task for you to accomplish, that this your mindset will ever change. Generally, this is the case of most people that come into therapy. They feel like this thing has gotten too big, too large. It's never going to change. But I heard that this therapy thing is supposed to help and I'm going to give it a shot. So I'm here because my wife made me do it. I'm here because a friend told me it was a good idea. I'm here because somebody said this or that therapy would help me. I'm not really believing that so much, but I'm going to give it at least a shot and we'll see where it goes. So, and that's fine. I can totally understand why people have that kind of an idea. Maybe they had a failed therapy in the past. Maybe they've had other experiences. They just feel like they could never deal with or discuss it just seems too big. And I totally get that. That is a great topic to bring up to the therapist. That is what our job is to break it up into small pieces so that we don't overwhelm you. That doesn't help. Our job is to help you move through this. So, hope that was a good introduction or kind of a concept idea about what depression is. And I'll talk next time about how folks go about this in therapy session, give you some ideas and some things to think about on that. So, Uh, hope you enjoyed this session. Certainly, again, reach out to me, CounselorsCanHelp.com. Let me know how you like the show. Let me know about any other ideas or subject matter you'd like to hear about. And we'll talk about depression next time on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Pink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.